Hi, and welcome to the Sailorville Church Podcast. My name is Abe Miller, and I am here with Colton Willie and Paul Seymour. Hi, guys. Hello. Good to have you guys here. You guys have actually been on before. Paul, you were just on uh, the podcast a little a couple weeks ago, it yeah, seemed like, it. with Jason. Was it? No, who was that with? Yeah, you and Jason. Yeah. 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 Good and then Colton Willie mm-hmm. has been on, been on before, and uh, you're here because you preached on Sunday. Yep. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Great job. Yeah. Thank you. And you're on uh, summer break right now, right? Summer break. <laughs> From it's school. Been, it's been awesome. Yeah, my, uh, my June has been was really, really chill. And then school started up again for me, uh, in July. And then it went from like basically zero to 60. So, so this, uh, this sermon was like kind of the, the very first, you know, starting point for like getting really busy, but it's been good. It's been really good. So you're, I mean, are you back at school? Like, well, for like, so doing like ministry stuff, basically like vocational ministry, like trying to learn through that, like from an online course, like seminary and everything like that. Yeah. which that's that's been helpful, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. So it's how do good. you how do you go back as a teacher after what you said when no one learns from history? Oh yeah, <laughs> well I, you know, yeah I know that's that's really funny. I um I teach middle schoolers, so do middle schoolers learn? I mean <laughs> yeah. I don't know. No, I I honestly like I think that's really. And that's, you know, what's funny is that you bring that up, Paul, because that actually wasn't in my notes. Like that just was <laughs> maybe the Lord speaking or something, but, but I really think that's so important for the message because, you know, at, that's one of the major themes I really try to teach my students is like, you know, we constantly just, you know, we'll have something good going and then it'll just fall apart, you know? <laughs> so it's kind of a theme in history. <laughs> so you're... When you're talking about going back to school, are you talking like you're you personally are going to school, or you're getting back going back to teaching and getting ready? Yeah, to so I am personally going to school uh, online, yeah, like okay. uh, through Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia, uh, for like Lord willing, like just kind of getting an understanding of ministry and what that looks like. But yeah, I'll start North Polk or my public school, I should say, um, when probably in August. Yeah, okay, middle of August. So yeah, excited. But not ready yet. There's yeah. all there's all those commercials. They're like back to school, and I'm like, please, <laughs> no, not yet. Yeah, one July of my hits. kids said that. They're like, hey, you guys want to go school shopping? Back yep. to school shopping? Like stuff's out already. And I'm like, you've got to be <laughs> yeah. kidding me already. If you ask most teachers, oh. most teachers don't even go into a Target until like <laughs> September because it's just all the signs are up and it's like PTSD. Yeah. Youch. Yeah, man. For what it's worth, man, I would have loved to have you as a history teacher. Yeah. Yeah, no that would have been amazing. Let's put it this way. I didn't have so many gray hairs when I first started. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might have actually learned something if Colton was my teacher. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, most history teachers, it's just the open to page 20, do the critical review questions uh-huh. while I'm in the back doing crossword. <laughs> I try to avoid that. but Oh, man. Well, good to have you here. Good mm-hmm. to have you here, Paul. Yeah, and uh, so we want to discuss the message from Sunday specifically, Jesus, the only way. So, Colton, why don't you just give us a quick overview, um, kind of where it went, and then we'll kind of dig into some of these topics. Obviously, mm-hmm. there's lots to talk about, but we only have a limited time, so we can only hit a couple of them. But Yeah. Yeah, so uh, just the topic was basically the exclusivity of the gospel. So Jesus is the only, the narrow path to heaven, right? And so I try to really frame the message in four different questions. Uh, first of all, what does the word say? I wanted to start with that. At first, I wasn't like, is this the logical way to start it? But I, I like starting that way. 
um, because I think it really p- paints the picture that it's just it's it's so utterly clear. Like they're like you know, I mean, I I think I quoted Steve Lawson like it's not yeah. just dogmatic. Like we're bull dogmatic. Right. This is something that we'll. This is a hill we will die on. You know, um, so we started there. Then we went into what does the world say, exploring kind of okay. Well, what? Why does our society push back against that? The exclusivity of the gospel, and. It, what the Lord brought to my heart was just the idea of this postmodernism. You know, it just, it comes across as kind of prickly, you know, for a lot of people. Uh, then we went into um, why should we trust the word? Okay. So like, why is the the message of the Bible? Why is the gospel? Why does it have to be the only way to heaven? And then the last one was, what do we do with it? So where do we go? Uh, if, if it truly is the only way to heaven, what should we do with it? Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the, the broad outline of it, yeah. basically. Yep. So, yeah. So I, I haven't, I didn't, you know, set you up for this, but mm-hmm. as you were studying and preparing for this, like what was the thing that kind of grabbed you, challenged you, yeah. convicted you as you were, as you were preparing? Yeah, that's really good. I, I think for me, it was that final push at the end, uh, for evangelism mm. and, um, you know, that, that map that I showed during the message that, that I just found that. And I remember when I found that I like stood in awe of it. If you, if you go back and you watch the sermon, the map doesn't just show Christianity. It shows other worldviews too. It shows uh, Islam. It shows communism. It shows the Mongols, which is a history guy. Like that's, that's a big part of history uh, controlled like half the planet. But, (laughs) but what's interesting is if you look at all those other uh, overlays, they come and they go. Yeah. Christianity from its foundation, from the moment that Jesus rose again, it just keeps going. I mean, it's a freight train, you know, and it, it's so cool when you watch that map, Christianity will go in and then something else will push it out and then it'll go back in again. Like it just, it, it's, it, it's relentless. Mm-hmm. It, it's, um, and I think that shows it's, it's divinity. It's, yeah. it's divine. It's the truth. Well, one of the things one of the things that you had mentioned was ch- churches are compromising this truth all the time. So you're talking about the gospel, preaching the gospel, which I think you know at Sailorville, it's something that we've just become accustomed to. Yes. Of we don't preach a message without sharing the gospel, Amen. without sharing yeah. the good news. You know, I mean, if if anybody did come in here and preach and never shared the mm-hmm. gospel, we would you know they would definitely hear mm-hmm. about it, right? Because <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. that's something that's part of our DNA and what we do here. Um, which praise the Lord for that. Amen. Um, but why, why do you, and maybe Paul will start with you, but like, what do you think you made that comment? You know, churches are kind of shying away from it. Mm -hmm. And let's, let's talk about that. Why, why is that happening? What, what's going on? Is there internal pressure, external pressure, Satan just getting in there? Yeah, I think (laughs) <laughs> is, there, is there internal pressure, external pressure? I think the answer to that is yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> I mean, the internal okay. pressure certainly is our our sin natures, right? We're we're bent away um, outside of Christ. We're bent away from doing what uh, what is right in our own eyes, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, Scripture tells us and gives us warnings about that. There's a way that seems right to men, but in the end, it leads to death, right? Mm. But, but us in our humanness and our fallen sinfulness, we push, we push against any claim of exclusivity because it, in our imagination anyway, it pushes us off the throne, yep. right? We're not that's, on the throne, but, really good. but in our imaginations, it pushes us off the throne and says, you're not in control. And I think 
some of the outside pressures. I, I was just I was just talking about this with someone the other, the other day because one of my favorite books is um, Valley of Vision, and it's a mm. it's a book just of poetic Puritan prayers. If if you don't have that book, you should get it. Um, anybody who's listening, it's it's a great devotional, but also a way of uh, it's kind of a window into a society that didn't have as many distractions as we do. Wow, yeah, right, <laughs> and so. And and probably you know most certainly society back in the Puritan times when it was definitely um, you know you probably saw a lot more death and yeah. <laughs> that those type of things and so there was a greater sense of urgency to be dependent on God in all things yep. um, and uh, with so many distractions you talk about external pressures right the distractions there's so much stuff going on that we take in so much information all the time it can really a lot of times sadly push out that that dependence or give us a, a false sense of control that, you know, if we know everything, we can react to everything and yep. so forth, you know? And so I think that that, yeah, that that's part of the external pressure is there's so much, um, so much information and so much coming at us and so many different worldviews. And, you know, you, you type in any kind of exclusive claim on any, you know, uh, social media or whatever, and you get a million yeah buts. Yeah, you, know? you, you get canceled. <laughs> <laughs> you canceled, right? And yeah. so, yeah, you really have to, which which just draws us back to to remembering that we really have to be well versed in scripture, yeah, uh, to be able to, um, you know, make a, a an intelligent rebuttal to what scripture says in regards to the worldviews that are coming at us all the time. So, yeah, I think it's a it's a yes, it's internal, <laughs> external. What do you think, Colton? Yeah, as you were talking, Paul, I was I. This kept ringing around my head while I was making the message of what Pastor himself said. He said, "You know, God made man in His image, mm-hmm. and man returned the favor." Yeah, yeah. So I, I think ultimately, it's just we really love our own comfortable caricatures of God. You Caricature, know, caricature. That's good. And um, I, yeah, I mean, and as I was making this message, like I, 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 I vividly remember talking to people that I was discipling, like in my small group and basically telling them the exact opposite of what I said in the message, you know, <laughs> years ago. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. It's cause I just wasn't, I didn't know the word. And I think in, we, we are, we don't realize how, um, how much we actually get, uh, affected by the culture we live in. Yeah. It seeps into every aspect of our life, you know? Yeah. And so, um, I know pastors said before, like the Bible's his filter, man, if we're not, if we're not putting every single thought through that filter, like we're going to characterize God. We just are, we want to yeah. make him in our, in our own image, you know? And so, um, I, I referenced in the, in the message, but, um, it's, um, let's see here. Okay. Yeah. Second Timothy chapter four, verse three, yeah. for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled. They're going to accumulate for themselves teachers with their own desires. So I think, you know, we don't, the, the whole purpose, you've heard it said before, probably like the gospel is by nature um, convicting. It's by nature, uh, it's going to make you frustrated, you know, um, because it, it takes you off the throne. <laughs> it, and not only that, it, can, it condemns you, you know, yeah. you have to reach out for Christ. So I, I think, yeah, I think in, when we think about internal and external, I think it goes both ways. I think it's internal because you're right. We naturally, as, even as churchgoers, even as like well-intentioned Christians, we don't like some things that the, that the Bible says. Mm-hmm. And yet we can't, we can't, you know, shake our fist at God and be like, well, that's not fair. You know, he's yeah. God. <laughs> yeah. But then external, yeah, it's our culture pushing in on that. The Bible is kind of, maybe to use an example, is kind of a, um, 
a realist in terms of artists, right? You mm -hmm. see the artists that have different genres of art. You mm -hmm. know, the, the realist uh, or, or photorealist. You know, you've heard that <laughs> yeah. term before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the things that they draw are super super real or the bible uh -huh. is more like a photograph this is what it is mm. but i think it's it's interesting you use the word caricature um because what a caricature artist does mm -hmm. is he inflates certain things yes. and minimizes others yep right and so i think that those people that are heaping up for themselves you know they want their ears tickled the, the mm. verse you reference there mm. i think people go to teachers that inflate the parts that they like yes. and minimize the parts that they don't yes we talk about this in, cons in uh, counseling a lot. It, it sometimes uh, um, it, it's like the funhouse mirror, which is the same thing, right? Uh -huh. It makes some parts bigger and some parts smaller, and we right. inflate the things that sometimes sometimes we inflate the things that we don't like, and so we <laughs> do the opposite, right? Yep. And, and we and we get the character of God um, out of balance, yeah. so to speak, right? Mm -hmm. We tend to think sometimes He is all love and compassion, which is what. You know, a lot of those caricatures in the world would say that, oh, why would a loving God do such and such, right? Or allow such and such. But they minimize completely the justice, mm -hmm. you know, um, and, and you can't have one without the other. You can't have the kindness without the justice. That's and right. so it was what we say a lot of times in, in counseling is a lot of our, a lot of our problems boil down to, we have a wrong view of God. Yep. We don't see God in the in the photorealistic version. We see him in the funhouse mirror or the caricature artist. I love that you brought that up uh, because that was a big struggle I had when making this message. I didn't want it to be a message where there was just no hope, you know, where people were just <laughs> condemned. And as I was making, it, I was like, "Man, this 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 can be very hard to hear." It was hard, it's hard for me to hear, you know. Mm -hmm. But I think we can swing too far the other way too, where it's all truth, you know, and it's all like God's wrathful. And I, as I was like kind of thinking through this, you know, I, I was reminded of second Corinthians five seventeen, uh, and through 21, where it says, uh, now all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, mm -hmm. you know? So even though, yes, in our sins, we are an enemy of God you know, Christ came to bring a message of reconciliation, you know? And so you're right. It's, but see that message of reconciliation, it loses its luster. It loses its beauty, or at least it's diminished if you don't see the full truth, yeah. which how condemned you actually are. Uh, oh man, I hope I don't butcher it, but I, I think it's Luke seven. I might be wrong here, but where the woman uh, goes to Jesus and she's wiping his feet with her tears and he says, you know, she loves much because she's been forgiven much. Mm -hmm. And so, see, you can't actually, I think, abide in the, the love of Christ without understanding the justice of Christ, too. Mm. You know, it actually makes it richer. <clears throat> I love that you, you had said um, the most loving thing you can do, mm. right, is, is tell someone about Christ, explain the gospel to them. I think of, you know, our, we have neighbors that we love, right? It's it's not loving to them if their house was on fire. Yeah. <laughs> and I just was like, well, they'd probably offend Sorry. them if they told them their house yeah. was going up. You yeah. Know? Yeah, seriously. It's very loving to say, hey, you know, get out of the situation. So I, I appreciate that you brought that out because sometimes we can really fall back into like, I don't want to offend anybody, you know, but but if we really understood the character, like Pastor Kurt was talking about, the severity, mm -hmm. we really understood that, we would also understand the urgency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. So the you had made a comment about this is so 
it's so clear, right? You know, like the the truth, the gospel, <clears throat> what Christ has done. We have to remember that, you know. And, and but it is it is interesting why. And I guess this would maybe be follow up question, but like the churches that aren't clearly proclaiming the gospel, or they're very rarely declaring the gospel, like in their messages, or you know, they're talking about all of the all of the topics, all of the issues, societal issues. What what is their what is their end game by not? sharing it by not talking about it regularly oh man yeah i think it goes back to that timothy verse um you know it's it, it's more just we want to feel good about ourselves so okay so i think it really comes back to the map you know um you see the gospel of christ spread across the planet right and I referenced the Great Commission, uh, Matthew 28, 19 through 20, where he says, go, make disciples of all the nations. And the idea is, is like, from the moment, from, from, the, from Genesis to Revelation, God's ultimate goal, right? Uh, and I, I've just currently, like, kind of started to understand this. You know, he does love us, but ultimately, we're just beneficiaries of his glory. You know, God's ultimate goal is to glorify himself, you know? And I think the idea is that we can do all the social justice, kind of what you're talking about. Like we can go and we can do good to our neighbors and we can love on them and we can feed the poor. And those are all good things because see, that's the message of reconciliation. But if you do that without the gospel, then uh, I, I hate to be so blunt, but you're just, you're filling someone's stomach and you're sending them to hell. Like that's what you're ultimately doing, you know, not to say you shouldn't be doing those things, but it has to always be rooted back to the primary point, which is to exalt Jesus Christ as Lord, you know, uh, interesting enough, before he does the great commission, Jesus says, all authority has been given under heaven and earth to me, you know? So the idea is like, go out and declare the gospel, tell them what I've done. Um, so I think ultimately, I think maybe the reason, and I don't know a hundred percent about this, but I think a lot of churches do it because we're so man focused. We're so earthbound still, uh, Colossians three, two, set your mind on things above, not on things here on earth, you know? So I think that's a big part of it. <clears throat> Do you think that there's a lost art of bluntness? Yeah, and as someone who hates being blunt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with so. you. I'm just asking I the question. So. I think so, yeah. I think that there's probably, um, yeah, a, a, a fear of, you know, whatever that retribution that we fear is mm -hmm. from our neighbors or someone that we might, you know, offend. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's, it, it, help it makes us lose that that ability to just say what's real to yeah. say what's true in a very plain way i think we have to kind of sometimes we feel like we have to dance around it and yeah. find the right time and there and there is a place for tact don't, don't get me wrong absolutely but at the same i mean going back to the other analogy right at some point you don't knock on the door you start screaming right. a little bit get out of the house exactly right <laughs> um but yeah i think i think part of that is um, whatever we think that we hold on to by not proclaiming the gospel, mm. whether that's mm. friendship or respect or whatever it is that we're thinking in that, in that particular instance, I was thinking of um, the verse in Proverbs and it's the prayer, um, excuse me, Psalms, uh, Psalm 119, turn my eyes away from worthless things, preserve my life according to your word. Um, a lot of that stuff in the long run 
you know, are worthless if you didn't proclaim a life-saving message to people that were dying. Yep. Right. And so that's what we, that's, that's what our prayer has to be is God, get my eyes off these worthless things, please. Because when my eyes are fixed on worthless things like that, it has consequences, not just for me, but for people around me, if I don't tell the truth. Yeah, that's good. I, I think you you guys probably noticed when I was talking about my buddy at school, when I tried to share the gospel with him, like I, you know, I, I acted it up a little bit, like, you know, but the reason I did that is because that's exactly how I felt in that moment. Mm -hmm. I I mean, I remember (laughs) we were eating at Fong's and I I asked him, you have any spiritual beliefs? As soon as it exited my mouth, I wanted to take it back Mm -hmm. because I didn't want to make it awkward, you know? Um, But really what you're saying, Paul, and I, I love this and I need to be better at practicing this is we have to have eternal mindsets you know like i think um i in my own life i elongate evangelism a lot of times and i i don't you know i lose the art of bluntness Mm -hmm. because i'm like well i have to find that perfect time you know i i if i don't find the perfect time then i'm gonna blow it you know and that's why i shared that that story is because the entire time I thought I blew it I, i don't i didn't i never thought i had one redeemable conversation with that guy and see, it's but the thing is, it's not me. It's not me that saves them. You know, it's yeah. it's God. You know, and if we never open our mouths, then they'll never. You know, it'll never happen. And I think part of the key to that bluntness, though, is and we've, I think we've talked about this before, you know, on the podcast. But the relationship aspect. Um, no one wants to be hit over the head with something, right. and then the person hits them over the head, runs away. Yeah, <laughs> right? exactly. But but it, but if you have a relationship with someone. And they know that that you're there and telling them this because you care about them, right? Mm-hmm. Get out of the house, mm-hmm. right? That's a different ball game than if it's like a drive-by Bible whipping, yes, right? Absolutely. Um, so just something to keep in mind, I think, for us as we go about our lives, like you, you do have to be willing to, like you were talking about what John Nemers had said, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's, it's not that we don't want to share the gospel, so we don't, we don't love people enough, right? right? You do have to love people like Jesus loved people, yeah, and then that that message even though it's unpalatable to an unregenerate heart Mm -hmm. right becomes more palatable because they know your motives i can take a lot of stuff you know abe's sitting here he's my boss right he tells me hard truths sometimes (laughs) and i can take that from abe and i don't take offense at that from Abe because i know that abe cares about me right and so that's that's the, the the other thing in this whole conversation is let's make sure that we're having good relationships self-sacrificial relationships with the people that we're trying to reach with the gospel otherwise you're just you know hitting them with a the rock <laughs> yeah because you've got the two you've got the two ditches on you know you've got the people like we're just going to preach truth like uh, here it is right. like you need to uh-huh. listen you know and romans right. 10 15 how beautiful are the feet of those yeah. who bring the good news right? drive you by know? and throw a pile of tracks yeah at somebody. you know so like here it is here it is i'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm from preaching i'm preaching truth you know and yeah. there is yeah. no tact it's it's very impersonal yep. it's it's not that and then you've got the other side like the even like the social justice side mm-hmm. of like well let's love them and let's care for them and let's show them christ's love and maybe we'll use words you know you've got that side of it too so mm-hmm. it, it but it is based off relationships and like i care about you and i've invested in you and i've spent time with you not just to check off the box like well i preached mm-hmm. the good news to you and like you don't want it like all right i'm out so yeah. there is like that that back and forth of which i think you've got both sides of that absolutely for sure. Showing the balance well yeah. and 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 that's so that goes back to your question abe like you know um 
that that's the whole point of social justice is ultimately to make a highway to share the gospel. Like that's the whole, and that, that's really what the Lord did too. You know, he would feed people, he'd fill their stomach, but then he'd fill their right, heart right. <laughs> with truth, you know? So I think, um, it's people over projects and that's hard. That's hard, you know? Um, because you have to, you have to, you know, you have to self, you have to have a lot of death of self. You have to give up time and energy and, and all those things to spend time with people ultimately. Yeah, and you really have to do a heart check on yourself too. It, it, it's your own motivation. Is is am I doing this because mm-hmm. Colton said this was a good thing to do? Pastor said this was a good thing to do because this is what I should do, or is it really like th- this person, this my neighbor, this person across from me is an eternal person? Yes, right. Mm-hmm. Heaven or hell, this is an eternal person, and do I love them? Like that's the question. Do I love them enough? to be able to communicate a message in a loving way to them that will literally save their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I talked about that a little bit in the message. Like you're so terrified to share the gospel. I, I'm so terrified to share the gospel, but to see someone go from death to life, like when you share the gospel and Lord willing, that person gets saved. There is few better payouts than that. You know, I mean, it is beautiful to watch my friend that I share the gospel with, like him change and to have someone that could care less about Christ. And now we can have conversations and he's like close. We're closer to it. You know, Mm -hmm. um, Jesus said like, you know, I've come, you might have life and have an abundance. Part of that abundant life is sharing the gospel. Like there's actually great joy in loving people like that. And, and saying being blunt, the art of bluntness, mm-hmm. but the, but the Lord, you know, the, uh, you know, Paul writes a lot about how he, he's like, you're my spiritual children, yeah. you know, and there's, there's just, it's really cool. Mm-hmm. What would you say to the person Colton that's, that maybe had the opposite experience of you? They, they shared the gospel mm-hmm. and now they would say that person just, like, I don't see him anymore. They don't talk to me. They, <laughs> they don't want cut it. me they off. Want they they turn the other way. Right. Yep. What, what would you say to that person? I have been that person. <laughs> <laughs> and here's what I would say. I, when I, when I was in school, I read a book called share Jesus without fear. It's an older book. It's yeah. from a guy named Bill Fay. Yeah. And that, that book changed my entire perspective on evangelism because his main argument, and I, I think it's a biblical argument is it's not, again, it's not our job to save them. You know, God does that. He brings the increase. It's our job just to proclaim the message of reconciliation through loving them, through serving them, and then eventually, bluntly, telling them the gospel. But you, you, know? don't, you don't have to close the deal. Exactly. That's what you're saying. Exactly. You're not the closer. Bring in the closer. <laughs> the Lord's the closer. Um, but I think um, we have to understand that when you share the gospel with somebody and they just deny it, you know, which again, I've, that's happened to me. Like I've had people like text me back and say, hey, never text me back again. Like I've had people say that to me, you know, and it really sucks, (laughs) but see God's will's done in that because we, again, it goes back to the imagery of God. You know, God is loving. Yes, but he's also just God gets glory by saving people, but we don't like this, but it's the truth. God gets glory by also punishing people. He does, you Mm -hmm. know, and it's because again, ultimately it's about him. It's not about me, you know, that is a hard thing. (laughs) Yeah. Go back to those very hard Romans. We're talking about Romans nine, I think, um, talking about you know God. God is glorified, um, shows His glory by demonstrating His character, yep. right? So His justice is part of His character, and so it does. I think you're right in saying that. At the same time, desiring all all to be saved, Amen. You yeah. know, and and loving and having compassion and dying for everyone. It's that's a it's a hard thing, man. But um, 
No, that's yeah. I should I appreciate you saying that. I should preface it like if someone does send you that text and they don't ever talk to you again, that doesn't mean I'm like, well, you know, God's got a glory by condemning you. <laughs> you know, you never. I, I mean, right. the Bible does say, "Don't throw your pearls to swine," and I think that's more about methodology than necessarily your heart. I don't know if we should ever yeah. close our heart to someone, yeah. um, because I. I have a dear friend that my my other friend evangelized this guy for a year, you know, and he just one one ear out the other, yeah. and yet now he's maturing and he's a leader in the church. This guy who he was evangelizing to, and I'm just like, you know, like, so I don't think it's necessarily giving up, but it's just having discernment and not beating yourself up, you know, letting God do the work. I <clears throat> I go back to, um, you know the the question I asked you, Colton. You know what? What do you say to someone who you know just completely swings the other way? Mm-hmm. And I I think sometimes the answer to that is um, we were warned. Yeah. Right. What did Jesus say? Mm. Is that you know if yeah. if they hated me, hate you. They're going to hate you too. And so we we have to be um, satisfied and okay with the fact that. Jesus was right there too, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> right? right. He, he takes uh, he takes pleasure in saving those he's going to save, uh, but also he said, "Hey, this is coming, so mm-hmm. don't be surprised." And and it's just an expectation. But man, is it awesome when someone responds too? Yeah, the positive. Let's uh, let's kind of wrap up with this kind of Colton. You can kind of talk a little <clears throat> bit about your own journey when it comes to sharing Christ with people. But mm-hmm. you you made one comment in the message. Do we love our neighbors enough to evangelize them or coworkers or family members? You know, and then I think you quoted John Nemers who said, we don't love them enough, mm-hmm. you know, to actually, which, which out of the whole thing, that was probably the most convicting to me, right? Because I, I think I look at like my neighbors and people that I interact with and, you know, like, and, and I have to ask that question, do I love them enough? Mm-hmm. And so I guess my question for you is to kind of twofold, how has prayer, because you, you preached on prayer last time we did a podcast, yep. right? How has prayer been involved in evangelism and even the opportunities that God has given to you? And just, you know, just share some of the, the things that you have learned through this journey, because you haven't necessarily been someone who has shared Christ. I mean, yeah. it's been, it's been a journey for you. Yeah, you have grown in it. You have, absolutely. you have developed in it. So talk a little bit about that and then we'll kind of make some closing comments and wrap it up. Yeah, that's great. Um, cause I think that's the silver bullet really. I mean, like it's so, it's so hard. And, and so, you know, speaking of prayer, I, I mentioned in that message that we have to have a yielding prayer, right? And the whole point of the the prayer message, the why is that ultimately, you know, it goes back to what we talked about in the message, actually, you know, I couldn't save myself and I don't even sanctify myself, you know, like, like ultimately it's a work of the Holy spirit. And so what I have to do is if I don't love people enough, I have to pray, God, help me love people more, you know, and I have <laughs> a lot, you know, um, but cause yeah, evangelism, a lot of it was my pride. I just, I didn't, um, I can't quote it right now with the reference, but he says, uh, woe to you of all men speak well of you. Yeah. Youch. I really like people to speak well of me, you know, but <laughs> it, it goes back to what Paul said, you know, Jesus said himself. And if we are Christians, little Christ, then people are going to not like us because they didn't like him, you know, but I think, uh, it started for me. I was having dinner with, with pastor, actually pastor Pat. And he told me, 
very bluntly, the art of bluntness. He does have the art of bluntness, <laughs> doesn't he? He, he said, has a down pat. Oh, down, oh, oh, oh look at there. One. Nailed it. Uh, but he, uh, he told me, he's like, Coleman, it comes evangelism. Just do it. And I'm like, okay, that's very practical and easy to follow. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like, and I was terrified of that. And, and to my fault, I actually, I, I think I almost made it an idol. You know, you talk about putting your feather in your cap, Paul. That's what evangelism was to me. Yeah. It was. Mm-hmm. It was. Um, I just wanted to, to bring someone to Christ so that I could say I brought someone to Christ. Yeah. Check see, that box. And yeah, check the box. And see, that's, that's the issue. It's a project, not a person, you mm. know? And so this guy that, praise God, I had the, the, the privilege to share Christ with, he was just my friend, you know? Yeah. And, and he was really cool. Like, we have a lot in common. <laughs> like, like I said, we're both just huge nerds, you know? And, and I... I saw that he clearly, you know, he doesn't know the Lord. And so the, I just kept praying, God, help me love this person enough to share Christ with them. And like I said, like the, when the moment came, I still felt like I blew it. I still feel like it wasn't strong, but praise God, it's not on me to right. save him, you know? Right. So I think really for my journey, it came down to there, there, there is a bluntness where you, you really do have to just see it as obedience. You know, I'm going to obey Christ and share the gospel, you know? no matter how awkward it is. Um, and I have found too, that once you start doing it, and again, you're right, I'm not an expert by far at this, but once you start doing it, it gets easier because you've already, you've already climbed that hill where you're kind of awkward, you know? So I think you have to be willing to just do it, you know? There is something too in the, in the rhythms of life and relationships that um, if you yield your nerdiness to God, mm-hmm. Right. And I've seen this with people in our church too. Like there's, there's guys in our church that have had uh, young guys over for game nights. Uh Right. And they have an inroad in their life because they're, they're all about the games and the strategy games or video games or whatever. I mean, that's me. So yeah, but but they, but they, but they talk about Jesus right in those rhythms of, of just living. So, so just yielding your, Every, my personal theory is everyone's a nerd about something, yep, right? We're absolutely. all nerds. Right. So you, you yield your nerd, your nerdiness to the Lord <laughs> and say, God, use it in those rhythms and those conversations that you have over games, over, mm-hmm. over dinner, over, you know, playing guitar or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, God opens up those doors to, to, so you're, you don't have to necessarily be the blunt guy. Like, Hey, here's, here's Jesus out of left field, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like in the rhythm of our conversation, it, it flows into it. You know, that's, that's, right. that's what I found. Yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah, that's really good. Any closing comments from you guys, uh, particularly about the message? Yeah, um, it, it was a privilege to do it. I mean, when you talk, when you're told to preach the exclusivity of the gospel, I think the biggest thing is um, I really wanted to get out of that caricature and just see God. Uh, my father-in-law, Randy Smith, came up to me, and he's an, he's a visual guy, and he pointed. This is right after the sermon. He pointed up at the cross that's in like above the altar. And he said, the cross is an intersection. Mm. And that intersection is the intersection of perfect love and perfect justice. Mm -hmm. And that really is what you see at the cross. You know, you, um, you see a God who punishes sin in Christ, but then you see Christ who is just utterly loving. So I think that's the message we, we, and what a great visual to show someone by the way, but that's just a really good thing to always remember that it's a, it's, it's an intersection of his two, dominant themes I, I like that what what randy had said there there's a song lyric i mm-hmm. probably butcher it too but uh, talking about the cross and it says their their perfect love and perfect justice kissed a guilty world mm. in love right that's good and i i love that 
that picture of that's that's what the cross has done. It's brought God's perfect justice upon his own son Mm -hmm. so that he could show perfect love to people that hated him. And, and that's, that's compassion. That's love. That's something worth telling your neighbor about. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. So I really appreciated you on, on Sunday Colton and just the passion with which you preach and, uh, praise the Lord. It's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. And I, I think the, the practical takeaway, you know, for everyone listening to is just that, that just do it right. Mm -hmm. Like we have, we have the hope within us. We have the answer within us. Hopefully our actions are backing it up that gives us the platform to actually have the conversation mm-hmm. with people. Mm-hmm. And and I think I think the other thing too for me was I was just challenged, you know, just to continue to pray for that. Like, mm-hmm. God, give me the boldness, give me the opportunities, not to shrink back, but to step forward with believing that God's actually gonna do something yes. mm-hmm. and yeah. work in people's hearts because it is so easy for our own minds and insecurities to step in there and Yep. be afraid and be shy and they're going to reject me. And they're, you know, all the things that we all deal with, you know, just to continue to say like, yeah, but God's bigger than that. Like mm-hmm. I, I can't shrink back from that and say, so it's good. It was a good challenge. And I think everyone listening, you know, just even this week to be like, Hey, pray, pray specifically for that. Pray for those mm-hmm. specific people. And then just, just do it. Hopefully as God gives you those opportunities. So, so, so you're saying, Abe, don't, uh, don't look for the opportunities to witness. If you're screaming at your kids <laughs> next door to your neighbor all day long, yeah, that might, that. Yeah. <laughs> that might be a little awkward. Yeah, you it's, need to be congruent. It's in those good. Things. That's good. It's a good word to say that too. Like it is. you it's are, really living, you are living in front of people, especially your neighbors. You're living yeah. in front of people and then yeah, your coworkers or yeah. your family members or whatever. Yeah. Right. I mean, they're watching. I yep. would, I would, this is, you made me think of something, Paul, but, um, when I was talking to this guy at my school, we went kayaking, tandem kayak again, trying to share my hobbies with yeah, him. Yeah. And one of my seats was broken, so it was terrible, but Hey, we got her done. <laughs> but he, uh, he, I, you know, I, I kept on talking about Jesus because I love Jesus, you know? And he actually said to me, he's like, I'm like, I actually, and again, this is me trying to be vulnerable here. I was like, I'm sorry. I just keep on talking about this, you know? Cause I said that to him cause I felt bad. There's that kind of that human factor, but he said, no, I love it. He's like, I love how passionate you are about it. I yeah. love how much you, it matters to you. So I think that rubs off on people. Yeah. It really does, you know, and that makes a big difference. Yeah. But that, yeah, I, I wish all of our neighbors would look at us and say, it matters to you. Mm-hmm. Right. That, that, that's what I want said about me. That's, that's the, that's a huge inroad to sharing the gospel. Yeah. Thanks guys. Thanks for sharing your heart. Yeah, thank you guys. Appreciate it. Thank you.